Hey guys, welcome back for another week. I'm actually there's only two of us today, so uh, Ritesh, welcome. And uh, hey. yeah, so we thought we'd talk about the year that was, and I guess the year that we're expecting tomorrow, and sort of what's in store for us. Um, and I guess obviously there's lots of stuff happening, lots of stats coming out and things. And I think it's um, you know, we were just we were just talking before about the fact that you know you're not going to find any positive in the news, are you, in terms of stuff that's going on because obviously the government wants us to spend less and so they're going to make it that happen through negative media, through all, everything, you know. So it's interesting because I'm in Australia right now, um, back in the UK in January, but um, you're obviously getting the news over there. It, is it really that negative? Because it seems to be there is lots of negative and, and it, you know, UK seems to be the worst faring of all the countries in the world. And, and yet I've seen that happen continuously for 20 years really you know it seems to be the the uk is always the worst hit the worst this the worst that i don't know whether that's actually correct but yeah what's your thoughts on that yeah but look it's the uk media right whether it's uh, our economy our property market our job market our sporting team england world cup won't talk too much about that <laughs> but um, it's sensationalism, right? Maybe look, it's the media all over the world, but the UK media do like to dig their nails in really hard and pick up on the negatives and and really. And, and it's interesting, even you know, when I have my morning coffee and put the BBC News on, and I'm going to stop soon. I've got to stop doing that and just jump on my podcast instead. But uh, it's always, yeah. you know, doom and gloom. Even even to the degree when there's something positive. Um, out, you know, as in where we had some growth, which was unexpected. Yep. Uh, I'm not saying that growth, you know, I'm, I'm jumping onto that growth figure and saying, yeah, look, everything's rosy now and we're jumping onto the other end and everything's going to start going up. I'm not. But it was some positive news. But yet, somehow the media, the, 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 the BBC managed to sort of very quickly put that fire, that, that little bit of optimism out yeah. by saying, well, you know, we're still going to be in a deep recession. It could be the longest one ever and all the usual stuff. And, you know, for me, it's like, you know, when you, when you listen to people from Bank of England or, you know, Jeremy Hunt, you know, right now they are so focused, and I'm not saying wrongly, but they are so focused on that inflation figure coming down, you know, because their task, Bank of England are tasked with that inflation target, you know, and it's just simply like, if, if you're working for a business, if your role is X, and that's your task, that's your KPI, that's what you're measured on, that's what your bonus is coming on, everything is about that. Then of course you are going to be focused on that part of the business and up to a certain degree not care about how what you're saying and what you're doing is sometimes affecting that section of the business that section of the business yeah. you know because they might quite be always aligned so not uh, i'm not surprised but it's just a case of being aware of it and understanding the detail behind and what what is actually happening versus yeah. just those negative lines i think it's interesting because obviously uh, you know um, you've got strikes, you know, and there's strikes yeah. happening today, tomorrow, and, and two days next week, um, which is always the case when this happens, when inflation hits and recession, everybody wants more money because obviously their, you know, cost of living is going up, et cetera, et cetera. But it, it, is, it, it is an interesting thing because they, and I was, I was watching a, um, a thing today where the, the uh, I forget who it was, I think it was might have been Jeremy Hunt saying, no, we have to stay focused on inflation. It was almost like, Forget everyone else, forget the people, forget everything. Let's just go back to straight up, uh, you know, get inflation in check and it'll all be all right. 
well, it won't be all right. All these people who aren't surviving and actually aren't paying their bills and aren't heating their home and all that sort of stuff um, aren't going to be right. And I think that's where I think economists and, you know, I've studied economy in university, economics at university and, and school and all that sort of stuff. And, and I think it is very easy just to go, okay, if we get inflation down, then we get this. But you forget about the human aspect. And I think anytime you don't bring the human aspect into something, you you are going to miss something, you know, and you are going to, it is going to, there is a cost to that. Whether that be a political cost, whether that be an economic cost, whether that be a financial cost, you know, um, that's yet to be seen, you know. So, it yeah, I mean, the, the, there's some pretty serious strikes there and, and it looks like there's no budging. So it sounds like we might be in for a winter of discontent. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, one of my other mates is, is actually holidaying over there. He lives in Singapore normally, which is, you know, 31 degrees normally during the day. It's minus six where he was. He showed me the uh, temperature. And uh, so he's like, I'm glad I'm leaving tomorrow. But uh, I tell you, it's going to be interesting. We've had our, our maintenance team, we normally get about 40 to 50 calls per or, or jobs per week. We've been having 70 to 80 calls per week already, you know, um, which is a big, big jump. Now, normally that would happen in January, but it seems to be brought forward. And I, obviously, it's a particularly cold spell. You know, I guess that's going to have, you know, that's going to weigh in on the economy. Um, and I guess flipping over to one of the other conversations we'll talk about is the uh, GDP. You know, we've just had a quarter of negative economic growth, 0.2. Um, we get another one, we're in a recession, even though who knows how politicians might do what the UK or the US guys have done and said, you know, oh, no, that no longer means a recession. Well, it is a recession. Um, I think we're in recession. I think you know things are slowing down. Maybe we might sneak out with some positive growth. Who knows? But I doubt it. You know. But yeah, I guess. Uh, how like are you? Are you finding most people are talking about this when you're on the phone to clients and that sort of stuff? Are they? Is this forefront of everybody's mind right now? You know, in terms of recession, cost of living <coughs> crisis, all that. To be fair. Our clients know that they have not been so much sort of involved in that conversation about the cost of living. Of course, it comes up and everyone's aware of it. You know, everyone's going to feel it up to a certain degree. How much depends on each individual and their, their situation. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we talk about more and, you know, when we're talking about investing in property and their thoughts, whether it's someone who's new and thinking about jumping on or whether it's someone who's already got a portfolio and is thinking, where do I go from here in terms of expanding? Do I buy? Do I hold? Do I sell? The, the key the key number that we talk about a lot is where, where interest rates going. You know, because they, they have a sort of twofold effect. Um, one effect on your existing portfolio or property based on where your mortgages are at and when they're up for renewals and what that's going to mean from a cash flow perspective, you know, how much more money you're going to have to chuck into that, if any. Mm. But, but let's be honest, most people, we've all been spoiled with super low interest rates for yeah. a super long period of time. So we have to sort of manage that. But it, it, it's a case of, this for me, this is where investors who have set about, you know, having a strategy and financially planning things for the long game will be okay because you know they would have mapped out interest rate increases at some point and factored that into the cash flow versus people who are just buying on the the, the short-term whim of oh low interest rates you know it's, yeah. it's, it's in the customer they're really good let's buy it that's where it's going to stay 
if they haven't factored in those rate rises, they might be, well, I'm not going to say for surprise because it's not a surprise anymore. Everyone knows about it, but they might suffer a little bit. And, and it's interesting because this, out of all the recessions and downturns and you know shocks in the marketplaces that I've been involved in in 30 years, um, this is the most predicted, most telegraphed. It's almost like, you know, we talk about talking ourselves into a recession. Well, we'd definitely be talking ourselves into a recession because everybody's known about the recession. It would be very hard to sit there and go, no, no, there's not a recession. It might not happen. Actually, you know, I mean, the markets have dropped off in terms of the equity markets, the commodity markets, all these sort of things. You know, um, tech bubble has burst. You know, um, it, pretty much every aspect has happened. But it's a bit surreal because normally you have this one thing, like maybe COVID or maybe the global financial crisis with Lehman Brothers. But this time we haven't really had that one, you know, bubble burst. And I wonder whether the bubble is still to burst or whether this time um, it's more of a slow un slow unwinding, in which case if that's a, you know, normally you have the bubble burst and then you've got two years from there where you sort of turn it back around. I wonder whether this is a slow burner where we're, you know, we're shedding off this, shedding off that, shedding off that. And it may be a, you know, a two year that starts or it may be a four year or whatever, which obviously, you know, Great Depression was four years downturn. And I'm not saying that this is going to be the same thing, but there are a lot of people saying that is the case. But there's also a lot of people saying it's the opposite. And that's why they're saying they shouldn't be raising interest rates because it's going to kill off all demand and head us into deflation, which... And I'll be honest with you, you know, it's beyond my economic capability to know what the hell is going to happen. Um, I think we're definitely going to see a downturn, but whether it's going to be a long-term massive downturn over a long period of time or not, I mean, that remains to be seen. You know, who knows? Um, I don't know. I, I guess it's hard and it must be hard for you guys because, you know, you and your team are on the phone all day, every day talking to clients. So you're getting... I mean, I, you know, I do videos and I talk about this sort of stuff, but a lot of times the feedback I get is from comments in the social media. But you're getting real-life people, you know, and clients. Although it's probably isn't real life because a lot of our clients have money, they have good jobs that are relatively secure, and a lot of those guys are looking to invest now and take advantage of some of the deals that we're negotiating. So yeah. maybe we're just in this warped sense of, you know, what is reality, you know, that we live in, you know, to some degree. Um, I think, know, I, I think what it's, yeah, it's um, cause the, the, look, for every, for, for every downturn or, you know, for all the pain points that, let's say the UK clients are feeling right now or, or thinking they're going to be feeling, there's the opportunity for the international yeah, markets. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because we effectively don't, you know, we have a lot of UK clients, but we also have our fair share of international clients, you know, yeah, yeah. Middle East, um, you know, Africa, you know, so we, the, the reach is obviously pretty wide. And what I've found over the last, well, last month or two is a, a lot of them who haven't been too active in terms of investing or in, in conversation have sort of dropped a cheeky email since the sterling went like this. <laughs> and for them, UK is... 15, 20% discount. <laughs> so a lot of them are, are, are thinking, or, or last time they bought was at a period when the, the, the market yep. was where we are heading towards maybe a little bit now, you know, on a bit of a downturn, sterling's down, all those things, and the opportunity opens up with them. So 
you know, for a lot of them, they, they, they're pretty confident that a market like the UK, the economy like the UK, is, it will always come back. It's, it's a matter of how long before that's, the economy recovers, the sterling comes back, legal system um, is strong, political system is, is strong. I say that with a bit of a smile, <laughs> your views, right? But, <laughs> but look, it is compared to, to most countries. <laughs> so yeah. we'll see. <laughs> I think, you know, on that point, the political system being strong, there's no doubt the political system's strong. My my um, healthy scepticism and I guess conspiracy theorist type, you know, thing is, it's just not serving the people. It's serving the politicians and the wealthy class. Actually, the politics is very strong. The politics is very secure. The rule of law is very secure. All these sort of things, which actually were, you know, the the cornerstones of democracy and capitalism. All of a sudden, for me, have been turned on their ass and turned against who they were serving, you know. And I think that that's more, you know, my point. Um, but interestingly, people outside the UK still see the UK as a great place to invest, and 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 I'm I have no doubt it is, including London and you know, um, and now in fact Manchester and Birmingham, you know, to a lesser degree Liverpool, commuter towns, you know, I mean, all those sort of places are are quite recognisable, you know, um, even though England can't win a World Cup. You know? <laughs> so, you know, it's interesting. We're having a conversation totally off track. Um, I reckon Argentina is going to win because for the last three World Cups, whoever played Australia and beat Australia in the Rule of 16 went on to win the Cup. So clearly yeah. Australia is a... Uh... <laughs> I'm going to get hammered for that, but yeah. <laughs> no, but, but I, I mean, I think coming back to the sort of property side and what 2023 has installed, I think, look, we're, we're definitely going to go into a recession. I don't think in raising interest rates like we have been and not get some, you know, you know kickback from that. Uh, the question whether we go into deflation, you know, if we've raised them too much and actually now we're going to drop like a stone, I think the, the positive thing and what they've already said is that if they raise them too far, they can at least stimulate, you know, the other way, which is not necessarily a good thing either. But I think, you know, the, the inflation is pretty high and we're still the highest. It's come down. I mean, we just saw, um, where is it? So we're 0.4%, so down to 10.7 now? Yeah, so 10.7, um, you know, which is slowing. So at least it's not continuing to go up because it was 11.1 in October, 10.9. So it's slowly coming down. I mean, probably not as much as they would have liked and probably not as much as we would like. So what's the predictions for our interest rate rises tomorrow? I think it is. It's 15th. It's tomorrow. So they're yeah. going to tomorrow. Pretty much calling it 0.5%. Yeah. yeah. Uh, up in there. Because um, like I said at the beginning, they, they will keep going until they really hammer that inflation out, you know, uh, out of you know, here. Because the last thing they want is for it just to become the norm. And the last thing we all want is for it to become the norm. Because yeah. it is the silent thief, as, as we say, inflation, you know, where it just eats away real-term money. And yeah. you just run it around longer than it needs to be. You know, so yeah, for me... It, it, Obviously, there's two camps, and, and I'm in the camp very firmly of, look, it's going to be painful. It's going to be painful for all of us. It's going to be painful for me. But um, I'd rather go hard 
at the beginning and do what has to be done to get rid of it and get it, get it sort of up and down very quickly yeah. versus, versus, you know, having it lingering around and, and the, the, the powers to be not making big decisions early on and, 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 and yeah. ones which will then fix things in the long run, you know, because it's all about looking at that long term for me. Which it's interesting talking about decisions early on. I mean, realistically, most governments around the world, they totally let this one slip. They printed so much money thinking that that was going to be okay. It wouldn't have the sting in the tail, but it did have the sting in the tail. And, you know, it, it's, it's hard because you think that after so many bloody years of economics and economic theory that you, they would have nailed it by now. You know, we can do amazing things with AI and yet we can't get something as simple as, and realistically, it's not simple, the economy, you know. Um, surely somebody has to come up with an AI that can run the economy for us, get rid of all the politicians, run the, uh, you know. I'm sure that's on the cards. Um, I'm not sure if politicians will allow, but yeah. But it is it is going to be interesting because obviously inflation at, at least now started to come down. The question is how quickly it comes down. Obviously, we've got the heating bills, which people are going to get hit with. Um and I guess, you know, we've got a normal slow time through winter, which is also good. Um, so, you know, we'll see over the next sort of three, six months until spring. Then then it's going to be interesting to see if we get the spring bounce or not, because obviously house prices have started to drop, things have started slowing down, offers have started to slow down. Or I've heard, actually, I've heard some in some places that offers are actually starting to come back on the table. So, you know... It's, it's hard because for everything that you hear negative, you also get a positive. Um, so it's a hard one to know and to pet, you know, to say this is what's going to happen. And normally I'm like, okay, this is what's going to happen. You know, I've looked at this, I've looked at this, and this is where I think it is. But right now, I think there's there's two camps. There's a this camp and there's a that camp. And I'm normally the one that sits in the middle somewhere, you know, or I'm more on the positive side. I think we are going to go through a period of, you know, I think we are, there is some pain to be had, which we haven't had. The the shares, stocks, commodities, all that sort of stuff have had it. Tech has had it. Property hasn't really had it so far because we've been coming off so much momentum. But then property didn't get it, didn't start until later with the COVID boom. So when all the money got printed, it had to work its way through the economy. And property is one of the last things that kick off. And so the last things to slow down as well. Um, so we may see that, yeah, that happens over, over Christmas and New Year. I guess, you know, we'll see. Uh, I hope that it does. But I think the other problem you've got is the government's not making enough properties. They're not making it easy. They've just dropped the housing targets, which means local councils can decide on their needs, uh, which means they could make the choice, you know, given arm twists and pressure and all that not to build more properties, which is just going to send rents up even higher, you know. Um, yeah, and that doesn't solve the problem, you know. What we really need is we nearly need to uh, reverse back to Brexit, invite some more, you know, Eastern European people to come work and do all those low labour jobs, you know, to keep the uh, inflation down, and that would solve all our problems. Uh, maybe not that simple, but yeah. I think the supply element is an interesting point because what... Well, in our in our world, new build the new build world, hmm. what we're really finding is, you know, there's a, a lot of developers who are building big schemes that we get involved in are not 
having too many conversations around launching the next one, the next phase, the next phase, the next phase. And I'm not surprised. And often, you know, when a question that has come up with a lot of our clients is, you know, when they're about to sort of move ahead with a project is they have a concern of there's going to be, you know, a lot of properties being built here. You know, so the concern is, will mine rent out? Will there be too many? What if the market slows down? There's too many properties. Uh, and this is where I'm always like, look, where you've got to work with in the right areas, of course, which have got the population, the jobs, yeah. the infrastructure to support that level of, of development. But secondly, it comes down to working, you know, being commercially smart, working with smart developers, you know, which is a, a value we massively bring in because we know likes of some of the developers we work with not going to mention any names um what they do very quickly when they realize that the demand side of things is going to slow down instead of <clears throat> building more and more and more and forcing themselves to have an oversupply which could then lead to prices having to come down yeah. they'll just slow down future build program so they'll starve that that specific development that area of supply yeah. you know and that mean even if prices are not doing this they're not doing this, they just sort of sit around a bit, you yeah. know, and then when things improve again, you know, they'll start ramping it up. And then what you find is when the demand level goes to, because, you know, make no mistake, if people are not, if people are not buying property right now, it's not because there's no demand where people don't have nowhere to live, have too much, too many properties, or there's no, anything like that at all. It's down to uncertainty in the market and personal circumstances is making them sit on their chair and wait, and let me see how this plays out. Once this plays out, the demand that's built up over the next six months, 12 months, 18 months, it all comes flooding back into the market. Yep. And that's when the developers will start launching and selling very quickly yep. and prices start doing this. So a lot of people who have been investing for a while yep. and people who have been in the industry know that actually they love to come out to play now when there's some fear and calm around because now they can you know, maybe get a better deal. Yeah, they can not be hounded and pushed into, oh, you better do this now, or the process is going up next yep. month or whatever. They, they, they're calm, they can make a decision and, and lay the foundations for what's going to come in one, two, three years time. But, but you're right, because some of the conversations you know we've been having with developers is right now they're slowing down their launches, which is exactly what they will do in this part of the cycle. But you know I can remember you know last cycle and the cycle before where once once the time comes where things are starting to stabilize, the economy is getting back, all of a sudden then there's a flood of properties coming on and that's where every single weekend, I remember, you know, I remember I moved to Singapore in 2012 because in 2012, I was flying over there once a month, spending a whole week doing meetings the whole week, doing seminars. We had launches, we had, and every single week I was doing it and it just got too much flying. And I said to Arlene, let's you know, move to Singapore, grow the business there you know, be close to the family and that sort of thing. And, and of course, you know, if we had three or four years of just launch after launch after launch after launch, and then it's really slowed down now, you know, and it's been slow, realistically, certainly the London side of things has been slow, um, but that will come back, you know, and that, that pent up demand when it does come back is, is huge. You know, and obviously a lot of the developers we use, they're big enough to be able to slow down or quicken. I think that this is where, You've got to be careful because some of those, some of the developers, they're desperate to sell their twenty units, and they might be ten units in, and all of a sudden now sales are slowing down and they're struggling, and that's when now you're seeing some discounts come out. But some of those discounts, you're like, hold on a sec, but we might be buying into a site that might fall over. 
you know. So you've got to be careful, and that's why we've, you know, we've spent a lot of time picking and choosing who we work with so that we don't get that those issues, so that we do have, they are around at the other end of the, uh, you know, the, the thing, um, the recession. It's interesting. We are talking about recession as it's inevitable. However, you know, I was thinking today and I was just going through some numbers and some stats and looking back in history and looking at, you know, where we are and what's happened. It, you know, there's there's also another case which is a really a contrarian thinking, which is that if you look at what's gone on, yeah, in terms of the share market and all that sort of stuff, it's shedded a massive amount, tech bubble, all that sort of stuff. The only thing that hasn't happened so far is the unemployment rate, yeah? yeah. So it, assuming that, you know, and, and, and so the premise is this, is that maybe we've shed off what we needed to shed and now we may be at the bottom of the market, yeah, ready to head out of that, yeah? Now, obviously, with interest rates and inflation still going, that'll take some time. So I'm not saying that we're just going to, you know, grow 10% next year or anything like that. But maybe what that means is that a lot of what normally happens in a compressed fashion, normally recession is two years, one year heading down, you know, six months to one year heading down, and then the rest of the time coming out. But because a lot of the stuff that happens in that first six months, 12 months has happened over the last 18 months, maybe we're in for a different thing, which is more of a, you know, you normally have a U shape or a V shape or a W. Maybe what this is is more like a, a bowl shape, you know, where it's kind of slow down and slow out, you know. Who knows? Or it might be slow down and then quick out. You know, I mean, that's one of my sort of contrary theories that I'm thinking, is that possible? What's stopping that? But so far, look, yes, unemployment, you know, so it all depends on what happens with unemployment. But with so few jobs around, you know, like I'm looking to hire more people. I'm not looking to shed people. Whereas come the last recession, we had 70-odd staff. So it was kind of like, wow, okay, do I really need 70-odd staff? I was kind of rationalizing. Now I'm sitting there going, no, no, I need to hire more staff, you know. Um, so, and I know a lot of businesses are like that. Maybe this is a totally different set of circumstances. Maybe that's what we're going to see. You know, I don't know. You know, it's a hard one because you look at some of the markets and some of the share values and I'm like, maybe I need to start jumping back into my shares trading again now, not waiting, but it could be a W, you know, so we could be coming, come down, you know, it looks like it's coming out or the potential come out and then we hit the, the next one. You know, what do they call it? Dead cat bounce. Um, who knows, you know, but yeah. Um, so I suppose the other side I was going to look at is, uh, which is totally separate to all this sort of stuff, kind of, which is AI. It's amazing what AI has done. I've been playing with it over the last couple of, um, uh, weeks and days and that sort of stuff. And so today I wrote my first, well, I didn't write it, um, but virtual Brett wrote it. And, you know, so what I did is I put into this, uh, I'm using, I forgot what it's called now. It's not the normal one that the chat GPT that everyone's using. It's the other one that I've got, which is very similar, but it has a more up-to-date um, thing so I can do news effectively. But so I thought I'd just put in, you know, and I put in what are the top 10, you know, biggest news stories in the UK property and UK economy today. And it pumped out these 10 things, which interestingly are pretty topical right now, you know. And then I said, take these 10 things and write an, you know, 3,000 word article about it. So we've got like a whole article there. 
you know, uh, on the website. You can check it out. You'll see it does say virtual Brett. Um, you know, so don't think that it's me writing this. But actually, it's a pretty bloody good go at it, you know. I mean, economists are predicting housing market boom and crash in the um, uh, in the UK, you know, property market downturn for potential crisis fall 30%. You know, these are predictions that are out there. Increased mortgage concerns, that's happening anyway because obviously interest rates are going off. House price correction unfolding faster than anticipated. Yeah, you know, things have slowed down, certainly asking prices and things like that. Um, but although house price correction, the the amount is not huge, but it is happening already, yeah? Rising interest rates, but to be fair, it would have happened anyway because we're going into winter. You know, rising interest rates and soaring inflation weighing on global housing market, yeah, correct. You know, large fall in home, uh, new buyer inquiries in October, yeah. Rising unemployment risks adding. So this is the thing, rising unemployment risks adding to the pressure on the UK. So it's the risks right now, it's not the reality. Actually, a lot of businesses are still looking for people because they're looking for people. You know, maybe that is gonna be our saving grace because there's so few people to fill so many jobs. Um, so just keep that in mind because that's something that I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna do a bit more research into it. And that may come into where I get my predictions before the end of the year about things may be better than they seem. You know, um, based on that one thing, the unemployment rate. You know, UK economy contracting third quarter. Yep, so it's contracted 0.2. So it's not a huge contraction, uh, but it's a contraction nonetheless. Uh, danger in housing markets if unemployment rises sharply. That's pretty statement obvious. Limited risk of shock reverberating through wider financial market. The reason they say that is because basically banks and financial institutions have been called to account, they've been putting, you know, responsible lending, all this sort of stuff, which has happened since the GFC, the global financial crisis, which are already in place, yeah? So they're likely to be a lot more robust, yeah? But it's pretty interesting. It's, it's an interesting article to read um, because it actually, for the first time, I've used a lot of these things in the past um, and a lot of them just don't write very well, don't make very much sense. Actually, this, this one is doing pretty well and I'm pretty impressed with it. Um, so, yeah, we're starting now to integrate a lot more AI into the stuff we do, certainly in the researching um, side of things and getting that. And then I'll take that, reword it myself. You know, I've been doing that for quite some time. Uh, but, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, any thoughts for you, um, Ritesh? In, in terms of the, the AI? AI, yeah. <laughs> you know, right? The metaverse. Well, that's... <laughs> Well, it's funny actually because we're um, uh, like I'm right up on the metaverse. I've been sort of researching for a while. Um, yeah, we're looking to take a decentraland, potentially take a plot of land to put our office in the in the metaverse. You know, so I've looked at that. Um, you know, because I think as much as people are denying it, and as much as it's taking a kick in the guts, it is going to happen. You know, and things just as we used to trade face to face and go into a shop. We then went to the internet. The next is the metaverse, and potentially the metaverse will be a pair of 3D glasses, you know, that are attached to our phone, that are projecting onto our eyes, eyelids, whatever, who knows, probably even, even a neural link in the back of our head. Um, it will happen um, because there's so much technology and so many smart people that are building it out. Um, but the interesting thing with property is, and I was chatting about this the other day with um, one of my mentors, he, um, 
you know, he's a mortgage broker, runs a non-bank lender in Australia, which, you know, I helped set up many years ago um, now. But I shared to him and, and just about this whole concepts, you know, and the reality is it is going to happen and things are moving that way, even though people don't, you know, agree with it. Um, and I think it's going to be more and more of a part of our life as we move in. So they're already starting to uh, think about how that affects but what I was saying was I don't think anyone's ever uh, – I don't think anyone's pegged it and done AI prop tech really, really well so far. I think we're still in the early days of it. I think there's still a lot of opportunity. So, yeah. Darren's just sent us a message. So he said uh, – geez, I didn't finish – change the color. Um, hey, Darren, how are you? So land registry, average house prices shows terrace prices have taken uh, – have, have overtaken flat prices. Since the start of the year, do you think flats are undervalued to terraces? Um, are they? Are you talking about a specific area? I thought it was the other way around that that actually yeah. how uh, oh actually it might be new builds. New builds no. have yeah. new builds. New builds. Yeah, yeah. Up, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I actually, I'll be honest with you. I haven't actually looked at the new the uh, land registry prices terrace versus uh, flats. I thought actually we had it on. Last week, I think, or the week before, um, we they did, were yeah. tracking very similar. So um, do we think that they're undervalued to terraces? Do I think? It depends on the area, you know. So different areas with different dynamics and different things. Um, so I wouldn't say they are or they aren't. But what I would say is, you know, you've got to look in your specific area that you're talking about and then look at what's going on in that area, you know, and that's with anything, you know, because... I wouldn't buy a flat just because it's under undervalued compared to a terrace, you know, because the market can change and that sort of stuff. I, I would look at both on their merits, you know, because the flat is a different investment to a terrace house. You know, you may find the terrace house is a lot older, energy efficiency, you know, but you may find that actually it's been updated and it's fine, you know, and you're buying a secondhand flat that's, got a crappy block manager who just abuses everything, you know. Um, so, yeah, it really depends that. It's very hard to say, you know, which is better, apple or orange. It depends what you like. It depends what, you know, apple, you know, the features of the apple and the features of the, uh, the, the uh, orange are. So hopefully that sort of answers the questions without... Um, um, and look, will they return higher again, which is the final part of that question? Um yeah, what you tend to find is they all sort of interact. So I can't put my hands the same way. But, you know, they'll go up, some will take over, others will take over, and they're sort of all that sort of intricate thing. Um, so it really depends right now. I don't normally go and track terrace versus apartments, that sort of thing. Um, but what I will do is look at new build premium. So if, if say, we, we do new build, which is our big thing, Sometimes the new build premium in an area gets up too much compared to the secondary market, in which case that's not the time to buy a new build. You know, but that's certainly not the case now. Now we're starting to get some good negotiation with developers and even the developers who aren't negotiating yet are starting to talk about it and you can just see they're getting they're lining up just in case. You know. <coughs> um, cool. Um, all right, what else we got to talk about then? Um, we talked about the yeah recession. We're not quite there yet. We talked about inflation. Um, Go on, Brent. Property prices next year. <laughs> Give us a percentage. Year. 
<laughs> I, so I, I'm actually going to do a an article about this, which I'm just sort of formulating now, but um, on my house price commission, which I do every year. Um, I, this, so this is the thing, and this is why I raised the unemployment thing. Because unemployment hasn't hit yet, I'm almost uh, something... Uh, cheers, cheers, Darren. Um, something in me is thinking maybe we're not going to see such a drop next year and things may actually turn out better, yeah? Um, and when I say better, I don't mean 10% growth, um, but I don't mean 20% drop or anything like that. What, I, what I'm thinking is, could we end up with a 5% increase or a you know steady state for next year? which uh, according to most people is totally unreasonable. You know, it should be dropping 10, 20, 30%, you know, which most people are saying. So that's my concern is because the job market is so robust right now and because so many, the unemployment is so low, that could either stretch out the recession, yeah? Um, and so rather than being a quick shed, it's a slow shed, but, you know, and rather than being a deep recession quickly, it's a shallow recession or a shallow downturn over a longer period of time. Um, that's what I don't know right now. So what do I think? Look, my gut feel right now would say minus five, minus 10 if we hit recession. But then I'm also, when I weigh up this unemployment thing, I'm kind of like, you know what, maybe, you know, we can turn that round. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I'll be honest, normally I'm like, this is what I think will happen. Right now, this is what I think will happen, but I'm sort of going, but there's this bit of uncertainty in it, you know? Um, and it's uncertainty to the upside, not to the downside, yeah? Which a lot of times, you know, I'd be, this could happen and therefore change all that downside. I'm not, I'm not one of these guys that says we're going to have 30% drop in house prices or 50% drop or the share market's got another 50% to drop. Not yet. What about you? I, I think it's going to be very area specific. If you're from a blanket perspective, if you just said, let's just take the whole country into the equation. Yeah. I think, I think we could be as a country, I think you'd be zero to 5% downturn yeah. is, is where I think it's going to sit um, next year. And, and, and a big part of that is because there is still a lack of supply in the marketplace versus demand. Um, you know, there is you know, a lot of people aren't leveraged. Uh, nowhere near to what they were during the last the, the global financial crisis yeah. um, and also there's been talk from Jeremy Hunt to encouraging banks to be more flexible and to extend people's mortgage terms to go allow them to go offer products which take them onto an interest only to be able to manage their monthly mortgage payments so that should keep things like repossessions and all that sort of stuff down so I think there's supply demand with, with the government hopefully following through with the talk of, of, of telling banks to be more flexible, if there's a general appetite for people not to uh, not to take repossessions and do everything they can to keep people in their homes, affordable plans to ride out the next couple of years or whatever that looks like, then I think, yeah. But I think some areas, and this might sound outrageous to some people, but I think certain areas will actually be up circa 5%. You know, and, and I say this not from just... Uh, just a total gut feeling from certain conversations with developers in certain areas and emails I'm getting about 
price points moving and, and all this sort of stuff. And, and, and there's a sort of like, I can see it's in, in very specific areas where, you know, they'll hold up pretty well. So zero to five in terms of the downside, my more downside approach, but don't be surprised if certain specific areas even go up to 5%. Yeah. Because that's the other thing too, is London prices haven't really done a lot. You know, they've been sort of sticking to where they are and not really doing much. But they could come back very quickly because actually if the lending got freed up and you've got the international buyers coming in, you could actually see some, you know, price increases, I agree. You know, it does, I mean, I've I've watched the YouTube channels that talk about 40, 50% drops and, you know, the whole economic crisis, you know, we're going to swap over to central bank digital currencies we're going to, you know, the US is going to no longer be the reserve currency. Uh, you know, all these sort of YouTube channels, which are uh, a lot of it I can't help but think they're clickbait, you know, because I've seen some of these guys day after day get, you know, and they're getting 100,000 views on their videos. They're getting, you know, they're doing really well off from a YouTube perspective, but you look at actually their predictions and for the most part, they're just so wildly wrong continuously, but because they're selling negative you know people just lap it up people want to and unfortunately this is the reality is we've become so um we've become so used to making excuses to why we're not successful um and this might hit home you know with some people uh, we've become so victim conscious yeah in other words we've become so um you know we're victims that we look for and we crave the negative uh, news so we can justify our situation, you know, which isn't a good way to be. You know, if you want to be successful, you've got to take personal responsibility. You've got to accept that you are the only person that takes responsibility for your life and anything external, you know, is you can't blame anything external. When you do that, that's very hard. And that's why I think these YouTube channels do very well because they go, they sell the negative narrative and therefore people can justify their situation you know, but that's not going to be make them successful. You know, you've got to sort of get over that and get where the real information is. And there is some great information out there. I have to say, you know, the content that's been put out on a number of different channels, you know, is fantastic right now. You know, you used to have to go to university to get really good quality cutting edge information. Now, university is not where it's at. Actually, YouTube is where it's at, you know. And I'm not going to say TikTok's where it's at. That's a whole other story. But YouTube, actually, there is a lot of content being done there that is fantastic and right on point. And, you know, and for me, you know, that's why, you know, I'm spending two hours a day consuming content, you know, but positive content, not this negative shit that's just clickbait. So, yeah. Um, yeah. What else? I think that's pretty much it for this week. I think, you know, for me, I'm going into 2023 with a pretty positive attitude. I mean, as much as the recession's on the horizon, I'm not, you know, battening down the hatches. We're not just saying let's cut all the costs back. You know, I mean, yeah, we've been through that sort of thing. We've done a few cost-cutting rounds where we've looked at, you know, we're spending way too much on software, um, you know, paying all sorts of money. So we've got rid of some of that sort of stuff. So we've trimmed some of that fat, but we've not actually got rid of any people. You know, there's no intention of getting rid of any people at this stage. Um, and hopefully we don't have to get rid of any people. You know, that's, you know, which 
if you look at the global financial crisis, it was very different. I had to sit down. I had to go, can we really afford to have these 70, 75 people, whatever we had? Um, you know, maybe we can get away with, and I think we, you know, we went from 75 to 45. Um, you know, you got a market in people, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Which, which, to be fair, I want that marketing team back now because I'm sick of doing it myself. No, but um, no, I mean, in actual fact, that's it's interesting. We are looking to build that marketing team back up. You know, we've been chatting about it extensively. You know, uh, because that's where things are at now. You know, so yeah. What about you? How are you going to twenty twenty three? Yeah, I think my thoughts on it are: look, it, it, you know, it could be five up, ten down, ten up, whatever. It, it, you can't control it you know we can't sit here and physically for sure say which way everyone's got their two pence they're gonna they're gonna put into the put into the hat and and depending on you know what they do and, and their narrative i accept that you know of course i'm going to be positive about property this is this is what we do you know but the reality is with property i always say it's it's a long game so if you buy property thinking, well, I'm buying it because I think next year this will happen, that will happen. You're sort of just thinking about it the wrong way. Yeah. If you think 5, 10, 15 years, and you can say to yourself that I know that if I buy a property, regardless of what happens next year, I know that this property will be worth more or these properties will be worth more in 5, 10, 15 years' time. Yeah. I've got the capital here to do something. I've got somebody yeah. here to do something. So rather than spend it on uh, my lifestyle and yeah. the money, because the money will just go away. There's no such thing as here's a... Here's a couple of hundred K, hundred K. Um, I don't, I'm not going to invest right now, but I'm going to keep it there because when the market's right in six months, 12 months, I'm going to invest it. That hundred K will look like 50 K. I promise yeah. you that. <laughs> Cause you need to find somewhere to spend it. Yep. Family, kids, you know, all that sort of stuff, whatever it will go. And if you don't find a way to spend it, then inflation will bloody take it from 75 down to 50 as well. So exactly. Like, so just my message is just, up to a certain degree, who cares with the prices go up, down, short term? Just think long, things you can control, which is to buy and hold uh, and then just let the market do what it does, which we know, you know, long term, it, it will go up. Yep. Yeah, no, cool. Okay. Good. All right, mate. Well, we're back uh, We're back on the 4th of January next. So we're not back next week, um, 4th of January. And um, yeah, hopefully we'll be bringing in your content because we're going to actually, we've got... Um, in our building with a podcast company and so they're gonna they're gonna be helping us build some podcasts or build the podcast out get it out there and uh do it you know upgrade the professionalism and the you know the organization all that sort of stuff we'll see how wonderful they are but yeah no good guys all right we'll have a fantastic christmas from all of us at easy track and gladfish and uh we'll see you uh, for a fantastic 2023 we'll see what it holds all right guys see you later bye see you later. Bye. Yep.